Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office equipment solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. 106 in Edmonton back here on Oilers Now. Second hour of Oilers Now brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex. Digitex has their office printer and supply needs covered. They do it all and could be doing it for you right now. You can call on our Oilers Now hotline, 780-496-0063. Brought to you by the River Cree Resort and Casino. They have the Little River Band tonight. And uh, you can get tickets right now at Ticketmaster.ca. They also have Steve Earle on the Dukes, the 30th anniversary of Copperhead Road. That show is September 23rd. You can text us 630-630, brought to you by Westlock Ford. If you're looking for a new vehicle, go see Paul Olson at Westlock Ford or check out their great selection today at westlockford.com, worth the drive, to get your new ride. Since uh, we just mentioned uh, the text line, a quick text here, Mark, and I'm throwing you a bit of a curveball here. I really don't have an answer to this question. I don't know, you know, I don't really want to get into it too much because it is, uh, of course, uh, about Slava Voinov. But this texter says if Voinov gets reinstated, could he be an option to replace Sekera? That's a slippery slope. To be honest, I don't know. Like a... It's an excellent question, and and there's a lot of GMs in the league are looking out there and saying, here's a, a genuine top four defenseman out there that wants to play. Yeah. Uh, first of all, this is a this would start at the league offices, frankly, and they would this would be a, a call that uh, New York would make. Do we accept that uh, we open our doors back to Slava Voinov? And if so, I guarantee you, out of 31 teams, there would be a small handful who would say, no, we're not going to bring this guy back. Uh, because of the, you know, uh, I forget what they was it was it uh, domestic yeah, abuse domestic charges abuse or whatever charges, they, yeah. they however they worded it but that was basically it. Uh, some teams would stand on the moral high ground and say we're not bringing this guy back. Uh, others would say nope, he deserves a second chance. We are bringing this guy back. So if the league says he can work in the NHL, I bet you he's in the NHL five minutes later working for somebody. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see. At this point, I don't think it's an option for the Oilers. So we'll leave it at that for now. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, it comes with, that's a tough decision. As a player, though, I, I, I thought he was a really good player with the Kings. No one ever minded how he played. No so. one ever said he's a bad player, right? But that's the question, isn't it, right? And, and it's an organizational thing. You know, how do you, it's, it's a, there's a lot of meetings uh, in that, uh, in those executive offices before you subject your organization to what will come with the press release that says we've just signed Slava Voinov to play for our team. Uh, it wouldn't end with that press release. I can promise you that. Mark Spector in studio for Horse Racing Alberta every Thursday here on Oilers Now in the summer Tuesdays during the season. All right, speaking of the season, we expect Connor McDavid to open up the season on a line with Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Ty Ratty, Mark. Um, last week he was... Uh, 
I believe in Toronto for a hockey camp, and uh, he was asked about who his line mates will be to start the season. And McDavid said, it's funny that we're still talking about this. It's been three years now. I was able to find a little chemistry with Nuge and Ratty at the end of the year. You hope to come into training camp and stay with someone and build your game with someone. So, that's interesting. And you have all these uh, young guys trying to impress in training camp like Yamamoto and Polyarvi. Then you have McDavid saying he'd like to sort of maybe roll with the same line mates. I'm, I'm sure he's open to playing with different guys in the preseason, but... At the same time, maybe you want to find chemistry and see if uh, those three together in in pre, in the preseason can do what they, they did last year to finish the year as well. So that will be a bit of a balancing act for the coaching staff, I would assume. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think what I'm, what I'm hearing McDavid say is, I wish that we could get three guys who are two wingers who all graduated to being first-line wingers and... After four or five bad games, we didn't feel that, oh, oh the gas is out of this tank. we got to get a new tank. Uh, and I think on his left side with Ryan Nugent-Hopkins, he's got that. Nugent can be a first-line player in the NHL. No problem for me. right? I think that him and Connor McDavid, will, will their skill sets, I think, mesh together excellently. And I think that McDavid at least could probably look at his season and say, I'll bet you I get Nugent for 82 games or barring injury. Uh, as for Raddy, he has not proven that he's a first-line player. And and when you're playing out of your zone, what happens is you give me eight good games and then you give me six not-so-good games. And that's why you make changes, right? Yeah. That's why Yamamoto might steal that job. That's why Pujarvi could steal that job. That's why they fall back on Kajula a lot because McDavid likes playing with Kajula. So uh, I know what Conor McDavid is asking for. The question is if the, the orders have the personnel to have a first-line player on both of his flanks. And you know, sure, you put Dreisaitl on the right side. All year long, you could go Nuge, McDavid, and Dreisaitl. 82 games. Oh, then what happens for the rest geez. of the lines? It's a hell of a line. But what happens the rest of the time? You do need a second-line center. <laughs> I would love to see that line together just for a uh, stretch. I know it would never happen. But... You'll see it together at the ends of games yes. when they're down 3-2. That's could when you'll you see it. imagine that line together, though, for an entire season? Wow. Never yeah, would happen. But... but how much support scoring are you going to get after that? I mean, now you've got three centers on one line. You just can't do that. I think the league's built on duos now anyhow. And if I think that if McDavid and Nugent Hopkins really form some chemistry and get very productive together, uh, I don't think we'll be talking a whole bunch about who's on the right side of that line. Well, I'm sure Leon Dreisettle is saying the exact same thing, although we don't have a quote from him saying this, but I'm assuming he said, I would like to have some consistent linemates as well because last season it was a revolving door of wingers on his wings. Yeah, right, right. So, you know, what has to happen for that to occur? Milan Lucic has to get back to being a 50-point player. You know, so if he does, I think Lucic and Dreisettle will look very good together because, uh, you know, in his... In, when he's playing well, Lucic can finish. Drysaddle's a great passer, right? And there again, on the, on the right side of that line, we're looking at, you know, one of the one of the young guys who's hopefully can take that spot. Who's it going to be? Yeah, we talked about this a lot this off season. We don't really have much more to say on that well, front because we we won't know until we see it in training camp, and uh, we won't know until we see it at the start of the season. Well, and and you know every every. You know, every barrel of wine doesn't uh, isn't ready to drink at the same time, right? So Drysaddle gets <laughs> like here, and he's very good, very fast. We're kind of waiting on Pogliarvi here. Mm -hmm. But if Pogliarvi takes the steps, and if Pogliarvi turns into the player that the Oilers think he can be, right? If he's that guy, 
and he'll arrive into that spot. Him and Drysaddle can play together for the next 10 years because they would be an absolutely fabulous set of skills to put next to each other. Uh, uh, literally world-class passer, I think, in Drysaddle. He's an excellent disher of the puck. And you fix it with a guy that goes hard to the net on the left side in Lucic, you know, a big burly guy that goes in straight lines, and a guy that we've seen shoot the puck pretty well on the other side. I think that's got the makings of a fabulous line. But Lucic has to play better, and Pugliarvi has to advance. 100% agree. And on that note, we're talking about the forwards a little bit here, but uh, what did you make of uh, Glenn Galtson's comments uh, the other day? He was on with Bob Stoffer. He said they want to play faster. Didn't really, you know give away what they're going to uh, try to do systems-wise, but he did hint that they want to play faster, move the puck quicker, that sort of thing, and that's what you would expect. But the fact that you have now a new coaching staff here and uh, some new ideas with mm-hmm. Gallatin, uh, Manny Viveros, and uh, Trent Yanni, working with Todd McClellan, lots of uh, brain power in that dressing room. So how do you make the Oilers play fast, I guess? Or what do you think he was uh, hinting at? Well, I mean, it starts in your own end. Uh, it starts in your own end with the repetitive D to D pass, right? Teams that play fast don't make more than one D to D pass, right? You come to me and I go north with it. It doesn't go back to you again and then back to me again. Oh, let's go behind the net and start over, right? While your forwards are circling in the neutral zone, waiting for a puck that never comes, right? So to me, it starts, it starts on your defensive end, right? One D to D pass and that's it. We're going north. Uh, from there, the Oilers have not, you know, you look at their forward ranks. I think we said last year they were a little bit too slow, and, and you can't say, other than adding Tobias Reeder, they haven't markedly sped up their forward ranks this year. Reader's very quick. but So you need to move the puck faster. And they need to, you know, I'm not a hockey coach. There needs to be more quick ups. There needs to be more north and south play. There needs to be... Uh, you know, one of the tricks that I don't like much, but it's with the red line out, that's what we do. Uh, you're rifled from the defense. It's the chip and chase, right? I'm chipping and the guy's coming up the opposite boards chasing. I don't love that style of play, but it's fast, right? It's yeah. fast. So, you know, one thing you got to know is McDavid's fast, but the puck is faster. So if you move the puck, you can play fast and you can be a fast team. And when you're the Oilers and your foot speed up front isn't, you know, it's average. Uh, you better play a fast game because if you play slow and skate slow, you're in trouble. Well, I do think they are a faster team on paper to start this season than last season. They had Jokinen on the roster. Maroon was here. Jokinen, um, I forgot yes. about him. Latestu, he yep. slowed down a bit as the year went along. So I do, th- I do think Reeder and Brodziak, Yamamoto, if he's on the team, yes. these are players that are faster Excellent. than some of the options they had last year. So okay. they're I'll automatically give a faster team, I think. I'll give you that a little and bit And Brodziak can skate too. So. He skates well, but yeah. he's still a fourth-line centerman. Yeah. He's not going to blaze past you too many times. But sure, I'll give you that. Overall, the roster is a little they're bit They're a little bit quicker. quicker. And yeah. again, you can improve on things by playing a quicker game, man, playing mm-hmm. a faster game. I was one, and, and I, I know of our listeners out here, uh, there's a lot of guys driving their cars right now, nodding their heads. The the repetitive D to D pass for Edmonton <laughs> drove me crazy. I get it if you're changing and you're trying to get a change in, but this was a team and and Chris Russell, a defenseman that I think can play on my team and I like. Uh, he would be the one guy that has to get the puck going north faster. He's got to not pass the puck back or take two strides and then a circle back, right? Yeah. He is he's the most delinquent when it comes to here we're going to leave the zone. Ah, we're not going to leave the zone yet. 
Okay, now we'll leave this on. Ah, you know what? I might take one more circle. Right? That is called slow hockey, and you can't play that in 2018 and win. Well, that's something that Sekiro was very good at. I mean, he wasn't going back behind the net very much. He was moving the puck forward and getting it to the forwards. Yes. Fairly effectively. So that's that's a loss. Yeah. For sure. The but one Bouchard thing... could do that, and Bear actually well, we'll did see. that at times. Bouchard That's could do it in the OHL. At. Yes. Well, Bear was good at that Yeah. last year when he came up. Right. But can he handle the rest of uh, the NHL duties no, as a defenseman? You have to defend. Yeah. So. Right. Hey, listen, it's... it's you know, I can I can bring Bear in as... The issue isn't bringing Bear in and letting him, to an extent, learn some things in the NHL. To an extent, right? He can't be coming out of every game minus three or it's not good for the team and it's not good for him but he needs to learn it in a position where the team isn't counting on him he needs to learn it off the third pairing and off the second power play unit right then you can work with a guy it's when you bring in a guy and you go okay we're not sure about you but you're getting 22 minutes a game right that's when it becomes a problem and i don't think the orders are in that position with bear i think they can work him in if he shows that he's ready 118 in Edmonton. We will take a timeout. Spec is uh, here until 1.30, and we're going to uh, talk a little baseball when we get back because there was uh, an interesting uh, incident uh, last night involving the Atlanta Braves and the Miami Marlins. Uh, we will also talk about Mark's favorite team, perhaps, the Chicago Cubs, who are gearing up for uh, a big playoff push here. Baseball is getting exciting right now, and uh, honestly, if you're not a baseball fan, you should be watching right now because the the push for the playoffs for a lot of these teams is going to be very exciting. There are a lot of young teams coming out of nowhere here and pushing for playoff spots. And how about the Oakland Athletics? They're the hottest team in baseball right now. Yeah, Atlanta Braves are good again, right? Philadelphia Phillies. Philadelphia Phillies are good again. It's fun. It's a fun time. I like the turnover for sure. It's 119. We'll talk a little bit about that. And who knows what else we'll talk about with Spectre in studio. Spinning some more little river band here on uh, Oilers now. Of course, they are at the River Cree Resort and Casino tonight. What's uh, that song called, Patrick? I, that sounds familiar. Help is on its way. Yeah, it was their only number one. Oh. Okay, Give me a year on that. You got a year on that? Uh, momentarily here. I'm saying like 83. Not that that was a long time ago or anything. Well, oh, oh, this pouch. Oh, uh, that was like '77. Oh, <laughs> wow! You're old, Spectre. <laughs> just the 40, just the forty years. <laughs> that's awesome. That's actually, that was a good song. I like that one. Uh, but yeah, that's a fitting song for the Oilers right now. Mark, help is on its way. Oilers hoping maybe someone's on his way to replace Sector. They're hoping. Anyways, they're yeah. hoping. That's a good call there, uh, Patrick. All right, so. There was an interesting incident uh, in the world of baseball last night, Mark. Everybody was talking about this. Uh, the bench is cleared after Acuna Jr. was hit by a pitch from Jose Urania, the first pitch of the game, and uh, Acuna Jr. had five straight games of the home runs 
And that's uh, a rookie. Or he's going for the rookie record for six straight games, and then he gets hit by the pitch there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, tempers <laughs> were flaring after that. Uh, I don't know. Like, Miami basically isn't. I don't, like, I, I don't agree with what they were trying to do. They're, clearly, he was trying to send a message early in the game, but to hit a star rookie like that, I don't agree with that. Where, where do you come up? Well, with? you know, hitting batters in baseball is has the the unwritten rules around that have morphed in the same way that the code in hockey has. Right? What is the code? Does anyone know what the code is anymore? It seems like it's totally not what it used to be. Uh, some guys respect it, some don't, you know. And I think in baseball we're at the same point. I mean, you used to hit a guy mm-hmm. because he would, uh, you know, he was digging in. In the old days, if you went in there and you dug your cleats in and you really settled in, the pitcher would drill you so that you wouldn't dig in quite so much and you wouldn't be having as effective a swing, right? Simple as that. If you, uh, if you hit... You know, if if you were leaning over the plate and you were hitting me, uh, yeah, third time up, I might throw one at you, get you off the plate a little bit. Not necessarily hit you, but it would hit you if you didn't get out of the way. Uh, that was sort of part of the code. Now, where this falls under the code, this guy's been ripping up uh, pitching staffs, five home runs. Ronald Acuna Jr. is, you know, I don't know if he's rookie of the year this year, but he's a fabulous young player in Atlanta. This guy just walks out of the clubhouse, first pitch of the game, and drills him. Yeah. I'm not sure that. Like, why don't you try getting him out? Are you telling me? I don't have any faith that I can get you out, son, so I better get anyone out all season. Yeah, so that's fine. Well, get better and get him out. Um, Or if he hits a couple home runs or a home run off you, if he he does something cocky in the game, if he does break one of these bat flip unwritten rules, okay. You know, I'm not saying a pitcher should never, ever throw inside. Throw inside all you want, but to start the game like that is... You're just telling me, I can't get the guy out. I know I can't get the guy out, so I'm just going to hit him. Yeah, I don't mm-hmm. think there was any history between the two players. Not that so, I've yeah. heard today. So, I, yeah, it does bug me a little bit. That's so. a little bit of cowardice, I think. And you don't, It's funny, the reaction, because everyone's talking about it today, but back in the day, as you were saying, this happened all the time, and no one really, you know, it happens. We'll it happened, on. but now yeah. this happened. Yeah, but lots of, oh my God! Like back in the day in hockey, Mark Messier used to oh, run around elbowing thing, people yeah. in the head all day long. And never got a penalty, let let alone a suspension. Oh, it's just funny because I used to sound like this, and I'm like, oh my God! Like that's crazy. Why would someone do that? But then back in the day, oh, when you were watching baseball. You didn't even. Well, you know, what would happen? Have is a second thought on it. My pitcher would drill your guy next in. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's what. Like, and you could see it coming. Right. Yeah. And and in fact, the difference is, and this is a National League game. Right, where was that game? Be? That's a National League game, so the pitchers would have had to hit. Mm-hmm. That is true. Well, the Braves are a fun team to watch this year, and Miami not much of a fun team. But the Braves are leading the NL East right now with a 68 wins. Philadelphia right behind them as well with 66. So that's a fun race in the NL East. In the NL West, you have three teams duking it out: Arizona, Colorado, and the Dodgers. All of a sudden, Colorado in second ahead of the Dodgers right now. Arizona first in that division. And then your favorite uh, team, the Chicago Cubs, Mark. Still in a bit of a race here with Milwaukee and Mm -hmm. St. Louis even. St. Louis is red hot right now. The Cubs have a three-game lead on Milwaukee. They just beat Milwaukee yesterday in game two of that series. So the races are fun, especially in the NL on the AL side. Of course, you have teams like Boston running away with uh, that division. Oakland, though, you know, pushing Houston for first in the AL West. It's a fun time for baseball. Yeah, it's always, you know, we're now we're, like some people will say, especially today, 
oh, they play too many games. You know, there's 162 games. Are you kidding me? Uh, and I get that when your team's 20 games out. You know, the Blue Jays games lack, frankly. And I watched one last night. Yeah, you watched, watched them, the Blue Jays. I watched them play KC last oh, night because I love baseball smokes. and you I don't mind watching the Jays play. But uh, it lacks because, you know, your team's never going to make the playoffs. I get that. But conversely, the teams that are in it and that are good and are atop the standings, they are absolutely so close. We've, have we played 100 games here? Yeah. I think we're past 100 games, right? Oh, yeah, we're at yeah, 120 well, about. Yeah, there we go, Play over 120 games. So the point is, if your team's two games behind my team, there's nothing to choose between us, right? So when the Cubs and Brewers are three games apart, when they play, and I watched that game as well the off and on yesterday. Yeah. I'm on holidays, you can tell. <laughs> uh, it's killer baseball, and the games actually really do mean a lot because they're only going to play each other so many times. So I love the stretch run. I love the fall. NFL gets going. Hockey gets going. Baseball gets serious. You know, it's, it's a great time of year for a sports fan. Do you Gets have a, a favorite cold. NFL team, by the way? I never asked you that. Nah, I don't think. Not really. No? Jeez. Kind of like Pittsburgh. Oh, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Bengals fan. Actually, I ran into a few Browns fans last night. Uh, Brian Wilkes, who used to work here, was... Browns ra- fan. I, yeah, I was chirping him. I'm like, you were wearing that shirt like you thought the Browns were going to be good this season. Like He was strutting his stuff, walking yeah. around. You know, Browns, hey, they're going to be good this year. So I was bugging him about that. Well, they, might, they might actually be decent, so I'm a little bit scared as a Bengals fan. Well, they can't be worse. Uh, yeah. Listen, as a long-suffering Cubs fan, uh, I always, you know, I pay homage to guys like Jack Michaels who are Browns fans. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, I get it. I've been there, you know. So... But now the Cubs are good, so I kind of look at pity at the Browns fans. I'm now, they are giving them free beer, I see, in uh, Cleveland. See that? No. Oh, yeah, they put up, uh, Budweiser put a whole bunch of uh, coolers in all these bars around uh, Cleveland. Jeez. And they've got these big chains around them and locks on them okay. that will open via Wi-Fi when the Browns win their first game, <laughs> and all the beer inside will be free. <laughs> That's so, an outstanding promotion. Yeah, That's it's great. a great promotion. And the question, of course, becomes, I hope that that beer is... Like it better be beer that lasts for a while. Mm-hmm. It's but light, so I think it lasts for a. Yeah, that'll be fine. Right? You can drink beer, whatever. I'll drink anything. It's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Browns fans will as well after a tough season like last year. It's 1:30 in Edmonton, Mark. <laughs> you need to get out of here, buddy. After saying you're a Steelers fan, so I'm kicking you out. <laughs> that wraps up uh, Stoffer Inspector every Thursday on Oilers Now for Horse Racing Alberta. We're late for the news. Eileen Bell will get you up to date, and then uh, we'll go fully interactive after the news. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.